Good morning and welcome. We're here this morning to hear argument in the case of Avis White versus State of Indiana. Um, it's a civil transfer case. Transfer has been granted. Counsel for the appellant, Mr. White, will argue first. In a counsel table representing the appellant, Mr. White, we have Denise Turner. Welcome, Ms. Turner. Representing the State of Indiana at counsel table and arguing, we have Carolyn Templeton. Good morning, Ms. Templeton and Kelly Loy. Good morning, Ms. Loy. Counsel, as we've been conducting oral arguments, you'll have approximately about two minutes to introduce your case and start making argument before we start asking questions. Um, counsel, you ready to proceed? Yes. All right, Ms. Turner. May it please the court. I would like to reserve five minutes of my time for rebuttal. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell just as sweet. William Shakespeare uses this line in his play, Romeo and Juliet, to convey that the naming of things is irrelevant. However, when it comes to the law, the naming of things and the meaning is relevant. It shapes the world that we live and work in. It guides our behavior. It separates the legal from the illegal. What does inactive mean? It's a question for the BMV. I don't know the BMV's exact administrative wording for what an inactive plate is. That's what the officer in this case testified to at Avis White suppression hearing. He admitted that he did not know what inactive meant, but nonetheless restrained Mr. White's liberty. The law allows officers to stop a person if they have reasonable suspicion that the person has committed a traffic infraction. In this case, as the state has already conceded, there was no traffic infraction. The state concedes that inactive is not a statutorily defined registration status and does not directly define an infraction. Avis White was driving with a validly registered license plate. His tags were unexpired. The plates matched the car. He wasn't speeding. He didn't fail to signal. He wasn't driving erratically. But because a screen in the police officer's vehicle said the registration was inactive, the officer decided to stop him. So, Counselor, um, Officer Nelson here um, <clears throat> believed that um, inactive um, equated with invalid. And that turned out to be uh, an erroneous conclusion. But why isn't it a reasonable one? Well, first, Your Honor, uh, looking at the record, there was no testimony from the officer that he actually thought that inactive meant invalid. There was no testimony whatsoever. Um, when the officer talked about what statuses he saw, he testified that he would see inactive, active, and swap. And the prosecutor asked, well, what does swap mean? But the prosecutor did not ask, what does an active mean? So there's nothing in the record that tells us that the officer actually thought that inactive meant invalid. So are you, this, this officer 
was just sitting there picking random cars to run their plates, correct? Yes, Your Honor. And it was after night. Do you think this was a, a, there were some pretexts in this stop? I do, Your Honor. And the reason why I think that is because the officer testified that he has seen this inactive before. This was not the first time. And he did nothing to try to figure out what does inactive mean. So I do think there was some pretext behind the stop. And, and, in order to, and why do you think you singled this particular car and this particular defendant? I think it was because it was late at night or early in the morning hours. Um, and I think that my client's race had something to do with it as well. I hate to say that, but I think that's true. On what, what, on what basis do you make that claim? Given the fact that this officer stopped my client based off of inactive, admittingly knowing that he didn't know what inactive meant or if it was even an infraction, Instead of trying to figure out what that meant, he decided to stop my client. And then what ultimately ended up happening is the car ends up getting searched. There was absolutely no reason to stop my client based on an inactive registration. There was nothing that this officer was going to gain from stopping my client. All the information he needed was on the screen, that the tags were validly issued, they had not expired, that the car matched the plates, that there was insurance on the car, there was no reason to stop my client. If he stops my client and says, do you know that your, your plates are, your registration is inactive, my client doesn't know what that means any more than the officer means, knows what that means. And so that's the issue. And to Justice Massett's earlier question, is it reasonable to think that inactive means invalid? It's not reasonable to think that inactive equals invalid. And we look at it, and the test is objectively reasonable. So we don't, what he thought or didn't think doesn't apply, correct? Correct. And then if we use the Hine test, we looked at to see um, if, are any of the statutes ambiguous. So in reading all the statutes, inactive is not in any of the motor vehicle infraction statutes, correct? That's correct. And that's the difference between this case and Heinen and the Williams case that in those cases there was a statute that prohibited the conduct, that defined what the conduct was, and the issue was whether or not the officer misinterpreted what the statute was or what the scope of the prohibition was. In this case, there is no statute that says you can't drive with an inactive registration. So it's not a question about whether or not the officer misunderstood. Nobody even knows. It was never in the record what inactive means, correct? Because I couldn't correct. find it anywhere. That's correct. The only reference we have is the officer saying, well, I don't know what the BMV's administrative meaning of the word means. Counsel, I was really interested in what I think you were about to say, which is that, uh, were you about to say that the, the, it's your position there was no mistake at all. There just wasn't reasonable suspicion. So it's not that the officer labored under a misimpression. Uh, it's just that reading something on the screen that says inactive is not reasonable suspicion that there's an invalid registration. Am I understanding your argument right? Yes, that's correct. That's my argument. But this is not a mistake of law. This is not a mistake of fact. Are you conceding too much by saying it's not? Because if, you, if you're not finding it's a mistake of law, then you're not going to get the Hine test. Well, I think the Hine test would require a statute exists, and one doesn't exist. So I think well, that's why is, the why isn't equating inactive with expired not a mistake of law? Well, we don't know that that's what he actually did. We don't know if he actually misinterpreted or misconstrued inactive to mean expired. We don't know if he thought it was expired or suspended. We don't know because the state didn't build that record, and it was their burden to build that record. Didn't you argue mistake of law in your briefing? 
I think I did to a certain extent, but it's difficult because, uh, and I think I based that primarily on a couple of cases uh, where the Indiana Court of Appeals called it a mistake of law. And I'm talking about the Derringer case and the Ransom case. In both of those cases, the officer stopped a person because he believed that a traffic infraction existed, but the Court of Appeals found that no statute actually existed in either of those cases and found that those stops were unreasonable. Would, do, you, do you believe you waived your Indiana Constitution claim? It was preserved in the trial court. I did not raise it on my brief, so I do think that it, I waived it uh, in this court. Counsel, might the outcome be different if instead of the ver if instead of the description inactive, instead the screen read uh, registration status unclear, further inquiry needed? Yes, Your Honor, and that's exactly what happened in the Croom case uh, back in 2013. The officer ran the registration and it came back not on file. And so the officer stopped the person in that case and it turned out that it was a, a technical issue, that there had been a switch in systems and that's why the registration wasn't on file, but the registration was actually valid. But is that, is that reasonable suspicion? So if it said registration status unclear, further inquiry needed, uh, would that be reasonable suspicion uh, sufficient for a stop? Yes, I think it would be, because then the officer has something to gain from stopping the person. Your registration is not on file. Show me your proof of registration. Show me your certificate of registration. There's a point in making the stop there if that's what comes up on the screen, which is registration is not on file, uh, further inquiries necessary, then yes, that absolutely would give the officer reasonable suspicion to stop the person because there is a statute that says you can't operate a vehicle without a valid registration. So in stopping the person, the officer would be able to determine whether or not that person's registration was actually valid. Ms. Turner, good morning. Good morning. Um, reading the transcript, I, I thought the deputy prosecutor did about as good a job as the deputy prosecutor could have done with the facts, and I, I read his statements to uh, Judge LeMay Lucan to be, hey, this really is covered by the statute. He's, he's, he's looking at the text of uh, invalid registration. He's trying to equate this. And the officers, either a 14 or a 16-year veteran that is, is, is testifying, hey, look, this, this came up, not really sure what it meant. I don't think this is on all fours. With, with anything, uh, but, but I do struggle with this. Officers there in the field, there's nothing in that record that leads me to believe they were doing anything untoward. I, I can discern that from the record that's in front of me. And it appears to me that this pops up uh, inactive. I could have reasonably looking at what the trial court ruled, led her to conclude, hey, this is, you need to do further inquiry. What's invalid mean? Pull over and, and, I mean, what's wrong with that? If we're looking at what's objectively reasonable for this officer to do in the moment based on the totality of the circumstances, uh, convince me that that's not unreasonable or it's not an abuse of the trial court's discretion to find that it was unreasonable. The other evidence that the trial court had in front of it was not just that the screen came up with active or inactive. I think that might put things in a different light. However, there was also testimony about this swap. 
which the officer defined is when the license plate is transferred from one vehicle to another, and it's not an infraction to swap the plates. And so we've got active, inactive, and swap. We know two of them, we know what they mean. The third one, we don't know what it means. And as I mentioned before, this isn't the first time that this officer had seen this. If this was the first time that inactive had ever come up on this officer's screen and he doesn't know what it means, could it have been reasonable for him to stop my client objectively? Yes, I think so. But this isn't the first time. Well, that counsel, you, you argued before, if I, if I heard you right, that this is not a mistake of law, but I'm looking at the transcript here, um, and the officer testified that he didn't know um, what the inactive designation actually meant. Question, is it fair to say you based your understanding on an assumption? Answer, you could say that. Question, and based on that assumption, you assumed that a traffic infraction was being committed. Answer, that's correct. Is, isn't that? Um, resting his decision on a mistaken understanding on the scope of a legal prohibition. That's the hind test. The problem is there is no legal prohibition. So there couldn't have been a misunderstanding about whether or not he was driving, that it was an infraction for him to drive with inactive. In order for there to be a mistake of law, there has to be a law. And that's the problem. There is no law. And this officer... So you disagree well, with Judge Foley's opinion then in the Court of Appeals where he found it was some... Uh, exactly what Justice Massage just said, a mistake as to the scope of the law, that it did not include inactive. I, I'm, not, I'm really not understanding your argument on saying that it's not a mistake of law. Sure. So if you're interpreting this statute, whether something's valid, in a way that doesn't include it, why is that not a mistake of law? Isn't that your argument? Well, my argument is that there is no law prohibiting inactive registration, driving with an inactive. Well, isn't that a mistake of law? If you think there's a law, but there's not a law, why isn't that a mistake of law? Well, the mistake of law would have to be um, a misinterpretation about the scope of the law. Does Hind require that? And we've got, I mean, we've got a lot of court appeals cases that have found mistake of laws, so they don't have that extra requirement. Well, Heinen didn't talk about whether or not there has to be a law, but there's an inference there. If we're talking about this, the interpretation of the scope of the prohibition. That requires that there has to be a prohibition Well, an in, in, in invalid res registration would be a prohibition. His assumption was that um, uh, inactive was the same as invalid. Now, that's a mistake of law, right? And, and, I, and I think if I heard your, your previous argument was, well, that, that one question was left out of the colloquy. And, and, we, and we can't infer this from the record. That, that's correct, Your Honor. Uh, the, the trial counsel defense attorney, she tried to get him to explain what he thought invalid meant or inactive meant. Right. He never said, it, to me, it meant invalid. Just to correct, not the colloquy, the, the examination, the correct. direct examination. That's correct. Right. There was no testimony that he thought, well, I think that inactive means invalid. And there's a statute. Um, there's several statutes that talk about the status of your registration and when something is wrong with your registration, when that becomes an infraction. Um, there are several statutes. 918.138A talks about the BMV being able to suspend the registration. Indiana Code 918.147 states that proof of registration may be revoked, canceled, 
So we have these words in the statute that this officer should have known. And one of the words that's not in the entire code in that chapter is inactive. And this officer should have known that. He should have known that there is no infraction for driving with an inactive registration. And he knew it was an administrative term, not a legal term. So if we let the officer believe that inactive is part of the code, then we're letting the BMV define what our code is, and that's not within their authority. Thank you, Ms. Chairman. We'll hear from you again on rebuttal. Ms. Thank Templeton. You. May it please the court. This court should affirm the trial court because the officer had reasonable suspicion to initiate a traffic stop based on the vehicle's registration status. The officer ran a license plate inquiry that reported the registration status was inactive. The computer system was only capable of returning three results, active, inactive, and swap. Here, the three responses are easily understood by an officer and permits that officer to make a quick, on-the-spot evaluation. And there is no reason to think that there's a meaningful difference between inactive and not valid. Because Indiana law requires vehicles driving on Indiana roadways to have a valid registration, there was reasonable suspicion that a traffic violation occurred. An officer need not be certain that a violation has occurred at the time that he initiates a traffic stop. Requiring an officer know in precisely what manner the registration is not valid is tantamount to requiring the officer to have probable cause or more to initiate a stop. Such certainty is not required by the Constitution. The officer had an articulable, particularized reason to initiate the stop because the return of inactive gave him enough information to reasonably suggest that the vehicle was not properly registered. Can we look at it from an objective standpoint, not his particular reason, correct? Correct, yes. All right, so I'm looking at the screen that the officer had, looked at, that had inactive, but it also talked about it not being expired. Nowhere in the record does it ever say legally what inactive means, correct? It might be, a, it, assuming it's a term of art that the BMV uses. Correct. All right. But would you, the, would you, in looking at the motor vehicle statutes and um, looking at Hine, I'm looking to see if there's any ambiguity. I found no language in any of the motor vehicle statutes which use the word inactive. Would you agree that it's not located in I any agree. law? Yes. I, I think, though, that the, but the, the law is that a, a registration has to be valid. And there are multiple reasons in the statutes about why a vehicle's registration may not be valid. And to require the officer know with certainty what, in what way the registration is not valid, again, requires more certainty than reasonable suspicion does. Can you explain some of those uh, alternatives? You know, how, how could a registration be uh, not yet expired, but invalid? So the um, BMV, the statute gives the BMV the authority to revoke or suspend uh, a registration, and it can do that, for example, if a person um, has been convicted of certain crimes. Um, like Is that an infraction? Their administrative ability to do different things, is that, where's the infraction? So the statute, so again, the statute grants the BMV that authority, and a, and a valid registration is required. Driving without a valid registration is a Class C infraction. But this says it is a valid in, 
this, I mean, we've got the plates, right? There's no, nothing in the record that show, he, show the, any kind of invalid, and the, the word invalid doesn't appear anywhere here. It, it doesn't. It, but it, the point I'm trying to make, Your Honor, is that it was reasonable for the officer to think that inactive was more closely associated with invalid than valid. And, and as opposing counsel said, if we know what active means, then we have to know what inactive means. They're and opposites. If, if he had an outstanding ticket, let's say he had an outstanding ticket, so BMV cites something that there's an outstanding ticket, and it shows up on the registration, and so he stops. He picks people, he's just, he's, his whole job is just sitting there picking which cars he's going to run the plates on. That's enough? That's reasonable suspicion? If, he, if, he, if there's some kind of code he doesn't know that shows up, that the BM, some lingo that the BMV uses. I mean, I'm, I'm concerned with where this can go, because nowhere in the record does it say what an active is. So I, I find, I think it's closer to a mistake of law. He's picking people to stop, and this shows up, it's not expired, and it, it, we have cases to talk about if it's a hunch. You, you're not allowed to hunch or, or speculate with regard to um, looking at somebody's liberties and stopping them when they're driving down the highway. Correct. And, and this, is, this is certainly more than a hunch because he uses the, the BMV's information from the BMV to get, a, to get an indication that this registration is inactive. I agree that there's no precise definition. He does testify on page 10 of the transcript that he took it to mean it wasn't currently an active registration. Did he, and he'd had this come up before, correct? He had seen this, but he had done no other work to find out if there was a law that somebody was violating a law with an, inval, with an inactive. No, but, but again, that would be the officer's subjective understanding of what the law is. And even under Hein, if, if this court believes that, there is a, that the officer made a mistake of law here, even under there, we're still not looking at the officer's subjective understanding of the law. Can we talk about that a little bit? <clears throat> because I was interested in that point as well. Uh, Ms. Turner thought it significant that the officer had encountered this situation before and had done no further inquiry. So while that might concern the officer's subjective intent, I'm concerned with what's objectively reasonable. And so if an officer were to come up with uh, something like this, question mark, and they don't uh, take any step to, hey, am I, am I justified in making this stop under these circumstances or not? It seems to me that that has an objective element to it, no? So I, I think what is, what, if I'm understanding Your Honor's question. I apologize if I'm unclear. Is it objectively reasonable if the officer, having been alerted to an ambiguity, doesn't take any inquiry? I mean, we're, we're, we're essentially under these circumstances bailing out the officer who, who was wrong, but it's, they're, they're making a tough call under very difficult circumstances, and so it's perfectly reasonable for us to do that. I'm just trying to figure out what the extent of that should be. Sure, and, and the Supreme Court in, um, in Hines said, we're not looking at the office, we, we won't bail out an officer if he gets bad training. And so I don't think we should require an officer to make sure that he gets additional training after, after doing this. The question remains whether this is an objectively reasonable misunderstanding of the law. And here, there's, there's no reason to think that inactive means valid. And because a valid registration was required, the officer acted appropriately and initiated a traffic stop to determine 
to, to confirm or dispel his suspicion that the registration Don't was the valid. officers have an obligation to the law? If you're going to, if somebody's not violating any law, driving down the highway, and you get pulled over, it, you know, so now every, you've got, this is a, this, if, as long as BMB throws this in, you've got, you've got a pass to be able to stop people for any reason with, with, when they're not violating any other traffic law. Where, where's the line here? Well, it still has to be a reasonable mistake where the office or Can you make it 10 times? Is it still reasonable if you make it 10 times, make the same mistake? But again, I think that would be looking at the specific but, officer and that, that is part of it, maybe looking at objectively with regard to training. If you know that, because I mean, you, you know that this is something that's not a violation of the law. You've got officer training. Are you allowed to make it 20, 30, 40 times to use as a, uh, a pretextually to pull somebody over that's driving down the highway? I don't, I don't know the answer to that, Your Honor. And I, and I think the concern is that the, 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 the point I want to make here is that requiring the officer to identify with precision the statutory language or the statute that has been violated is more than reasonable suspicion. The, Officer has to make a quick on-the-spot evaluation about whether or not a traffic violation has occurred. And if Indiana law is, is that a valid registration is required, anything that would suggest to him that the registration is not valid gives him reasonable suspicion to stop. Would you? Also, this, there's an interesting factual wrinkle in this, in this case, however, and that is uh, at the same time he looks at, at the screen and sees um, inactive, he also sees an expiration date of December 7, 2020, which is two months into the future. Why is, it, why is it reasonable for him to make a stop with that knowledge? Because there Again, are... Not looking at it subjectively, but as a, right. if a reasonable person looks at those two items and sees that it's not expired for another two months. Because there are reasons other than an expiration date that a registration may not be valid. And, and again, the, the, the code is, allows for the BMV to revoke or suspend a registration if, for example, somebody lied to get the registration. The BMV can revoke or suspend, and the registration may not be expired, but it is not valid at that point. So what your position is the officer misunderstood the scope and the meaning of the existing law Our, by, by equating inactive with something else. Our first position is that the officer did not make a mistake and reasonable suspicion existed. If this court disagrees with that, then the state is arguing yes, that the officer made a Aren't reasonable mistake. Aren't you just mistake. arguing that, that he thought that inactive might mean invalid? So if, if your position is that he, and I thought that was your position, misunderstood the scope and the me meaning of, of the existing law, equating inactive with invalid. Yes, that is our position under the mistake. So tell me yes. why that mistake was not then objectively reasonable. If, or, or tell us why the, that mistake was objectively reasonable. I, I think just a common sense inference, Your Honor, that, that whatever inactive means, there's no reason for objectively to believe that it meant valid. Do we still not know today what inactive means? I mean, is that a question that's still up in the, the ether? We're still trying to figure out what the BMV means by that? I mean, it's unbelievable. It, yes, Your Honor, there's nothing in the record, and, and in preparing for this case, I couldn't find well, how, about how about today? If the same gentleman driving down the street is, is, has his uh, license uh, done a BMV check, will it s still return inactive? 
I, I don't know. I or, do, or will anybody else's return inactive? I, it depends in part, um, I, and I don't, I don't know the current state of the, the systems that different police departments are using. Um, let me, ask, let me ask this a little differently. So if you prevail here, and that is we give a pass on this record to Officer Nelson, is there anybody else going forward who gets the benefit of that pass? Or going, does this now mean that everybody else going forward should know that inactive doesn't mean invalid and that's not a proper basis for stopping someone? If this court concludes that that was a, a mistake of law. No, no, forget about what we decide here. Even if we rule your way, I'm talking about going forward. It was reasonable for Officer Nelson under these circumstances to stop this guy. But going forward, does anybody else get the benefit of that? Any other officer? I think so, Your Honor. I'm not entirely sure. But to me, it would, it would seem to indicate that the that that mistake was, was objectively reasonable. That and one was. Anybody else get the benefit of that? I, I think since, since, we now know, since we now know that it, 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 you can't even tell us today what BMB means by inactive. No, but, but again, Your Honor, I, I don't think that there's any way to read inactive as meaning valid. And that is what is required to drive properly. Anything other than a valid registration status is a Class C infraction and permits an officer to stop. Well, we don't oh, know if sure. that means it. We don't know. We don't know that inactive means invalid. We don't know, but there's nothing in the record that even says what invalid, in inactive means. Well, and, and again, Your Honor, I would return to the point that opposing counsel said we know what active means. So we know that inactive is the opposite of whatever active means. And if active is you cannot make a stop because the registration is, is permissible, then inactive has to mean the opposite. Is that what always if, what not if a stop? What if screen said bad, whatever that means, bad? What, what, is that, what does that tell the officer? It's not good. It's bad. What, you know, what, what are we supposed to, what's he supposed to do with that? I think that tells the officer that there's a reason to investigate in what way the registration is bad. And again, we're not, I think the, the problem here is that the, the, is the difference between reasonable suspicion and higher burdens. The officer doesn't have to know at the time he initiates the stop in what way the registration is inactive or in what way the registration would be bad. He has to know or have reason to believe that it is not valid, and that's it. That's all reasonable suspicion requires, and then he can conduct an invest further investigation. And I think it's similar um, to cases this court has seen, for example, when a computer system would indicate that a particular person has a warrant. The officers get to stop that person and confirm or not that the warrant is still active or extraditable or whatever other reason. Well, we know what a warrant means. Well, and I, I, I guess, Your Honor, I disagree with the point that inactive is, is sort of this black box that no one knows what it means. I well, think it's not in this record, well, and I don't know what it means today. But okay. I think a common sense inference is that it means not valid. And it I might think mean bad. I'm, I'm sorry, Your Honor, what was that? I was going to say, Counsel, I mean, doesn't this ambiguity actually cut in your favor in that it goes to, to, to the objective reasonableness of inquiring further? Yes, Your Honor, yes. If this court is, is um, unclear on what inactive means, and it was reasonable for the officer to think it meant something other than valid and initiate Which a stop. statute is valid? Because when you talk about the Hine test, you've got to look at the statute where the statute's invalid or ambiguous. I'm not finding an ambiguous statute here that um, inactive could piggyback on. So the, there are two statutes that require a vehicle to have a valid registration, and that is Indiana Code 918.123, 
Um, and then 918.132 require, says that a, a person who operates a vehicle without a valid certificate of registration commits a Class C infraction. And so to the extent that inactive um, would apply, the officer was making an on-the-spot determination in the field that inactive was not valid and th those two statutes were at, at issue. Let me take a step back though, Ms. Temple, tonight. Um, position so I want to acknowledge that but I this is you know reasonable suspicion is a pretty low standard and you know I've heard a lot of these kind of cases for a long time but I think back to Chief Justice's question you got to have reasonable suspicion that a law was broken and so it gives me pause at least that you as an agent of the state sitting here as a deputy attorney general you know, if you can't ascertain what that is, to going forward, uh, I mean, to Justice Slaughter's point, what about the next person? I mean, does it, I, I, have, a tr I have trouble seeing how that can break your way, uh, looking at, can it be reasonable suspicion if you're not in a position to say what law this, this is, what was, what was broken? I mean, this is, it's been fully litigated. Help me see how, how this could be possibly objectively reasonable. So I disagree that I'm not in a position to say what law was potentially broken. The officer here issued a ticket for a Class C infraction because his registration was not valid under Indiana Code 918.123. That's at page 26 of the appendix, Your Honors. Um, and, and, and so there has been an identified problem that the officer believed was, was enough that the officer believed he could issue a traffic ticket for this infraction. And so we do know what law was broken, and we do know what law the officer was operating under, and it is in the record. Aren't we subjecting motorists, though, to impermissible scrutiny? I mean, if we know now that this doesn't point to you, if you can't tell me now, having had the benefit of two or three years, that this applies in that context, not what the officer thought it meant then, but that applies, going forward, isn't that problematic? I mean, you give up some privacy by, have, by driving, by having a license, but sure. we, we don't say have to have a law to, to be broken before they can, they can pull you over. I mean, what do we do going forward with that? Well, and again, I would disagree that we don't have a law before this officer initiated a traffic stop. The, again, there are, there are two, and I, they're in our briefing, and I've, and I've mentioned them today. There are two Indiana Code sections that require va valid registration. And so we know what those two laws are. And so if an officer has, a, has an objectively reason to believe that the, that the motorist does not have a valid registration, he, that person can be stopped. But that's not an expansion of reasonable suspicion. That, that, is, that is perfectly consistent with, a, with what reasonable suspicion requires and what the Constitution permits. And so I, I don't think that, I, that the state is asking this court to expand either of those principles in any way by, by saying that when an officer has reasonable suspicion to think that a registration infraction has been committed or makes a but reasonable But the statutes mistake. are very specific. When you talk about the valid, when you look at all the statutes talk about a valid license, it says what causes a, a license to be valid or not valid. Inactive is not in any of those, correct? Yes. And, and I, I think requiring that an officer identify with particularity in what precise manner the registration was improper is requiring the officer to have probable cause of the violation at a point where he need only have reasonable suspicion. And, and, and there's nothing, 
about the Constitution that requires the officer to have that level of certainty to initiate this kind of a stop. There are no further questions. The state respectfully asks this court affirm. Thank you. Great. Thank you, counsel. Rebuttal. Counsel, if, if um, just before coming out to hear argument today, I checked, say, um, your bar status and it showed that you were inactive, would it be objectively reasonable for me to inquire further into that? Your Honor, I think that that is a great example. And the reason why I say that is because uh, our rules of professional conduct 5.5, which talks about the unauthorized practice of law, defines what it means to be admitted to the practice of law. And that rule actually says that to be admitted excludes lawyers who are not able to practice because, for example, their license is inactive. So we've got a rule that defines when someone can practice law and when they can't. So there's no question about what does that mean inactive. Well, the rule tells you if you're inactive, you cannot practice law. And that's why it's not objectively reasonable for this officer to have decided to stop my client. What it comes down to with the statute we're talking about is it's an infraction if your registration is not valid. So it turns on, well, what does valid mean, right? There's a statute that tells the officer what valid means. It means it's not suspended, it's not revoked, it's not expired, and it's not canceled. Nowhere in there does it say inactive falls under this exhaustive list of statuses that make your registration invalid. That's why it's not objectively reasonable, because the officer's supposed to know what the law is, and their definitions are there for him. It's an exhaustive list to the exclusion of all others, and so that's why it's not objectively reasonable. And the state sort of opened up with the computer system was only capable of these three responses. One of the things that the prosecutor in the suppression hearing said, we don't really know where the information came from. We know in the Dowdy case, there was another status that came up, which was expired. So we don't really know where the information is coming from. Not that the accuracy matters, because it doesn't matter. What matters is that inactive is, does not fall under the list of things that make someone's registration invalid. And the officer should so have it's not a, it's not a mistake of law, it's ignorance of the law? Yes, it is ignorance of the law, which I think goes against the objective reasonableness argument. It can't be objectively reasonable if you are willfully turning your eye to what the law is. So based on those things, uh, Your Honor, we would ask that um, this court reverse the trial court. Thank you. Thank you. Well, counsel, thank you very much. You did a really commendable job answering a lot of questions today. We appreciate that. We appreciate the briefing. We will be discussing the case and issuing an opinion in due course. Thank you very much. All right.